Welcome to the show. My name is James Nielsen-Watt, and in this show, we interview interesting, inspiring, and successful people so you can learn the secrets to success and can play the game of life, business, health, and happiness better. And the philosophy we take here is if I'm leveling up my game, you get to level up yours as well. So get ready to listen to some inspiring people who have figured out how to have success in all areas of life, health, happiness, wealth, business. We're gonna be interviewing them in this show so that you can learn the secrets to success that they share with practical advice that you can take and use today. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, and please share it with your friends because if I can help you and you can help others, then we can help more people together and we can all level up our game together. My guest today is a best-selling author, brand strategist, international speaker, and educator, Jennifer Cohen. Uh, she was recently named 100 Most Influential People in Health and Fitness by Greatest uh, and is currently ranked number 16 Most Impactful Fitness Entrepreneurs by WebMD. Jennifer is the CEO of Suprema Fitness, a full-service agency backed by Venture Fund MDO Holdings, which primarily invests in health and wellness tech startups. She also serves as a brand strategist to world-class brands, including Weight Watchers, Muscle Milk, Kind Bar, Tonal Gyms, and more. Thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, Jennifer. Super excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. This is great. Um, we really got into it uh, pre-show. I thought it was quite funny, and I, I tend to do that. And then it's like, oh, crap, we need to actually start recording because uh, right? maybe right. some of this will be interesting. I do that too all the time. So it's kind of a uh, user error. I do that a lot. And then like I have like half the stuff that should have been on my podcast on the podcast without any recording. So I got it. Well, I feel like I, I know you a lot better and I'd love our audience too as well. Can you give us some backstory on kind of uh, where you are now for some context and then where you were and, and sort of how you got there? I always like those those stories. I find it interesting. Okay. Um, where am I now? That's a great question. Um, I, I think I'm a lot of places, right? So what I do now is I do a lot of non-traditional marketing and strategic advising for tons of brands. And I also have a podcast called Habits and Hustle, where I really try to get into the meat of how and what makes people uh, successful and what habits they do daily. I think that what I do now, if I would sum it up, is I'm a habit hacker. So I'm always trying to figure out the best ways to kind of elevate and level up uh, my performance and my successes, both personally and professionally. And I write books on it. And um, I really kind of like fall in the space of wellness and health. I'm an entrepreneur really in that space of wellness and health. And my background actually was never in this area. I was working as a music executive for a record label. And I kind of fell into all of this by accident. And I think that was kind of, that took me on a whole different trajectory that I never knew was available. And I think that's basically where I was. And, and I'm in LA and I used to, I'm Canadian. So, and I used to be in Canada. So there you have it. I, I love when we, we, we fall into things, right? Like so many people try and overly plan what they're going to do and where they're going to be. And we often just end up in a place uh, by happenstance or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, transition and we find more joy in it. What, what about this 
lifts you up maybe more than what you were doing and therefore why you were sort of pushed towards this direction? Well, I think, listen, I, I think that um, my passion, I've always been super, super into health and fitness. I was very active. I always liked to be active. I always liked to work out. I never thought of that to be something of a career though, right? Because in your head, you kind of feel like it's based on like how I grew up, right? I grew up in a very traditional Jewish household where everything was about education and you're going to be either a doctor or a lawyer or maybe an accountant. So working in the health and fitness space without being a doctor, without an MD was like kind of like not even something that was even part of my, you know, it wasn't even like part of the conversation ever. So um, it like, it never even occurred to me. So what I did was I went to school, I went to get my business degree at very young and I, um, I ended up working for a record label. I used to work for a sports team. Then I went back to school for my master's in business and I went to a record label and was working in the marketing department and I was fast tracking and doing very well where I got um, a job offer because I was living in Toronto at the time. And I got a job offer to come to Los Angeles and work for another record label, at, you know, Sony at the time. And I, that's what I did. And then while I was there, I realized that it really wasn't something I was loving. It was like I liked it enough, but it really wasn't like passion. I wasn't really passionate about it. I was good at it. But I don't think that necessarily it's because you're good at something. I think a lot of times what I, I can take those skills that I, what made me good at that and I can transfer them to something that maybe I'm actually can also be good at. So I didn't let the idea at that time be like, well, I didn't know what I wanted. What happened was I was working in the States, but I was on a working visa. Because when, you know, when you go from country to country, you're not allowed just to like, work freely, right? Like you're on a visa and that visa is attached to the one company that sponsored you. So when I decided to quit the record label, I really didn't know what to do to make money. And I didn't want to go back to Canada because I really loved the lifestyle that LA provided. I loved the, the sunshine. I loved the weather. Like the idea of going back to like minus 30 was not that appealing when I'm now like, you know, frolicking in the sun. So I was like, how do I make money? So I decided to kind of become a personal trainer, get my certification, and then start to make money kind of under the table where people can pay me cash if I became a trainer. I was really young still. So I was like trying to figure stuff out. But what happened was when I started to get into the whole training thing, which is what I like to do, it was also like a way I could make money doing what I liked. It kind of dawned on me that I can go back to the places I had relationships and create an opportunity that was otherwise not there for me. And I went to the label and I pitched myself as a label trainer, which would mean like I would start now training, you know, the talent, the artists before they go into, you know, before they go on tour or before they do a video. And I kind of just like kind of very boldly just made a job description up for myself because I knew how the budgets worked. And the head of the label thought I was crazy and was like, didn't really understand what I was saying, but he's like, you know what? All right, fine. I'll give you a month. You can do what you want. And that way I didn't cap myself. That way I was getting paid a retainer now, not hour to hour, but also I was now getting paid legally by a company, right? Uh, just doing something that I enjoyed to do. And that, that first gig, that one month that he gave me turned out to be what went from one month to 
you know, two, three, four, five, you know, lots of months. And then one record label turned into two, then three. And then I had a bunch of people who worked underneath me as trainers. Then they would go train the, the different artists on the record labels. So I kind of really kind of did a hard pivot, right? And I, what I did was I followed kind of my, my heart and my passion by going into an area and then figuring out next steps after that. So I kind of just like didn't have all the answers, but I figured it would be worthwhile to at least attempt at something that I was really passionate for. And it worked out because from there, it made me, I got tons of different opportunities, right? Because now I'm in a public space where a lot of the people I was working with are very famous. So then at that time, we didn't have social media and influencers didn't work out the same way it, it was now. But there I was, a, I became an influencer because brands would want me to have the stuff because then the people who were famous around me would like the stuff and it became, it became a whole other business. And I got book deals and all sorts of things happened. And it kind of just like blossomed from there. I want to transition in, into talking about habits and the habits that give us our success. Just thinking about all of that, what do you think it was that allowed you to, maybe it was a belief, maybe it was a habit, a pattern, whatever, that allowed you to do it in spite of a lack of knowledge uh, fears, lack of belief, because right. a lot of the time we, we, we think like, I got to know it before I do it. And the most successful people I talk to, we don't, we just know we have to figure it out instead of having the information first. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. I think it makes perfect sense. I also think that that's the big problem, right? I think, you know, I talk about this in my Ted talk actually is I think that being too smart and being too methodical can work to your disadvantage. You have all your spreadsheets and you're trying to figure out there's never going to be a great time to do anything. And also there's never, you're never going to know everything about everything. So a lot of times you learn, you learn on the job on the way. Right. So I always act. I think that like when you sit there and marinate an idea, it's like the whole analysis paralysis thing. The more you can think about something, sometimes the harder it is to actually get up and move. And I think we are our own worst enemies with that, right? And then we surround ourselves with people who tell us, no, you can't do it, or why that, that's never been done, or like, that's such a stupid idea. And so the people who are surrounding you are very much influential in what you're doing. You want to have a very kind of, strong mindset and and trust your own gut and surround yourself also with people who are like-minded in that way who help kind of build you up and have that same type of mindset because i think that to your point the people who i know who've been the most successful they didn't sit there with like spreadsheets and figuring out how and when and why they kind of just moved and they made a lot of mistakes and i made i made a ton of mistakes but yet like it didn't deter me from continuing to getting back up and going, you know, I always say to people, you know, I had um, a master's at falling, but I got a PhD in like getting right back up and trying again. Right. I think it's that constant ability to kind of fail, but then get yourself back up again and try again. To me, if you can master that idea of resilience, then you're off to the races. The problem is most people are very uncomfortable 
with that. They don't want to fail. They're scared of failure. So they'll talk themselves out of even trying for that opportunity. So you have to really kind of train your brain to to shift, to think differently, to think about failure differently, to think about um, what really makes people successful, what makes something a success. The only way to really be successful is to get into the trenches and try because the best the best experience is actually practical experience. Like a lot of times, you know, you have a business idea, you have all these different things and, you know, you, you kind of like put together this great business plan and all it's all the devils and the details that would actually make something not work in the first place. Right. Like, you know, you've never even thought of that, but unless you go out there and figure stuff out like that, you'll never figure out those details. Right. Because you don't know the details. You have to be working in those trenches and being immersed in practical experience in the world to kind of figure that stuff out. There's a, there's a, a huge difference between theory and, uh, and, and practical experience. And, and huge. That, for example, I'm in healthcare and you can be a professor telling it how it's supposed to be. And then you can actually work with clients and be like, ah, oh, it's uh, a bit different to what the textbook says. Cause the reality is that your client's not going to listen and so you're more of a coach, like accountability person than you are actually the practicer of the technique. Because if they don't show up, uh, you can't do anything. And that's something that I learned and what I teach my clients. I like what you Let's said. say something about that too. What I was going to say is there's two types of people, the people, who, the people who go and do and the people who teach you to do. The best teachers are the ones who've actually done it before because they're, they're talking from experience, Right. No one knows unless you do it, right? But I think in my opinion, so surround yourself with people who have that experience. If you want to do something or have a teacher or a coach, make sure that coach has done it before and walk the walk, right? It's very easy to talk. Oh yeah, don't do this, do this. This theory, this theory will work. You don't know. Have somebody around you or, or have an accountability coach who've actually had to do it themselves. Mm, yeah. Something I, I, uh, I add to that when, when I'm talking to people about finding mentors is not only have they done it, uh, but ideally you want someone who's done it and then been able to replicate it with somebody else. Uh, Cause there are plenty of people that, that uh, they've got skills that, but it's that translating to helping someone else who doesn't have skills. So you can speed them up. Uh, I, I think it's important uh, as well. That's true. It is very um, important. Something I always say is, is action breeds clarity and clarity confirms strategy. Uh, too many of us wait for a confirmation that this is the right thing. Uh, which can take forever versus going and doing something and then finding the clarity in it. And to your point, we, we said failure leads resilience and, and how we need to, to uh, be able to pick ourselves back up. We hear it often in this positive spin of like, well, there is no failing, only learning. And I think that that's true, but I think that that's true once you've realized it and, and embodied yes. it. Because just saying it, it doesn't make sense to most people. And so I think in practicality, it's like, no, no, learn to fall on your face and then just stand up and continue. Not, well, I'm falling on my face, but I learned what not to do. Like that's the truth of it. Oh yeah. But more than that, it's like, just get balls, get some resilience to, to, you know, like my kid's learning to walk. Well, he walks now, but it's like he falls over, smashes his face, uh, grazes his knee and he stands up and I'm, and I'm not going to jump and say, oh my gosh, don't worry about walking, buddy. I'll just carry you. I'm going to check he's all right, but help him develop resilience to 
push ahead for, for what he wants, which is in the case is, is walking. Because we don't ever say to our kids, well, you know, you fell over a couple of times. Maybe walking's not for you, buddy. Like that's right. just not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but we do you know, it's stuff. funny you say that. I, I agree with you. I also think there's a lot about 2020 hindsight, right? Like as you're failing, you're not thinking, well, this was a great learning experience for me. You're not thinking that because you're, you failed, you got to like dust yourself up and get back up again. But it's about the idea. Like I created this whole philosophy that I really believe in. And I, I call it the 10% target because I believe that if you are successful 10% of the time, but allow yourself to fail 90%, you are ahead, but you're ahead of the, the masses tenfold, right? So like what I always say, I always say like, don't, and this is the reason why, don't just attempt at something once, make 10 attempts at something. Give yourself 10 attempts to kind of get to that goal. Now, either one of two things will happen. Either you're going to get to that goal or another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed. So to me, if you change your mindset to that 10% target, so when you do fail, you're kind of expecting that failure. And you're like, okay, you know what? I got six more attempts to make. Because then you're not expecting to have success the first time out. The other thing is, the reason why that works is because most people, most people don't even make one attempt. And almost nobody makes two attempts. So if you're that person who's making more than those attempts, on pure volume and numbers, you're going to make it. That is the truth. I mean, like there's, there's really like, there's been people I've known who has been, they, they're like, they're like these serial entrepreneurs, right? They, they try, they fail, they, they get back. They like, it's like these people who come along and I meet them. They're, they're like, they've tried 11 things and they've all been total like failures, but the 12th or whatever it hits, they're like, it's a, a billion dollar idea. And then people are like, wow, what an overnight success. Really? It wasn't an overnight success. That person had more attrition than everybody else to keep at it. Right. Attrition is so underrated, right? Like the people who are just like doing it over and over and over again, and just are constantly just, they're so uh, determined and they're so just tenacious and they won't stop are the ones that are going to make it. And that's how they're going to achieve the goal. It's like, when should I give up? When should I know that it's, it's not the right thing? And, and, and the answer is never just keep learning from what's not working, I think is what I take from that. Right. Like, uh, especially when you said, you know, most people don't try once and then, you know, no one tries two, three and no one tries 10. Like what are the, you know, there's so many quotes with, Disney, for example, was it like 300 banks? He got fired for not being creative uh, and then formed Disney. Squid oh, yeah, Games. Exactly that, yeah. I think there's a quote with the Squid Games. I never ended up watching it. I don't watch it on Netflix, but um, apparently that got turned down. Oh, I so know. Many it got places. turned down a lot. And, and a lot of good things are that. And it's if, the, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's stupid. But if you're adapting and you're going, oh, what's working, what's not, and you're making shifts, just continuing is an inevitability that you'll have some level of success because you're just the yeah. accumulation of knowledge, you know? Yeah. I, what I tell people is don't change the goal, change the plan, right? I mean, your goal shouldn't change, but the plan should change. Maybe you just have to tweak that plan just a little bit, you know, like, and that tweak can be the difference between a failure and a success. I thought of something interesting. I kind of just 
popped in my head as, as you said that if your goal is, is clear and outside of having to happen a certain way, you're a lot more free in your ability to achieve it. Because if you say, I must make this company turn into this outcome for myself or, or, the, or the whatever, you're now stuck in the lane of that has to work. And so you can end up hitting your head against the wall. I did that with financial goals. And, and, and very quickly, I realized, no, no, the, the financial goal just exists. It doesn't have to be down this path. And now I'm doing stuff that's completely different. I'm just deregistered as a chiropractor, right? Like I'm a chiropractor, but I'm not registered, which means I can't go into practice. I haven't wow. practiced in two years anyway, but it's like an official thing to not be paying my registration and doing CPD and stuff like that. It's a super that's weird a big thing move. because it's like, I have to let go of the thing that I haven't done anyway, but there's still an emotional attachment because I've, uh, I don't know the words, dissociated from this pathway has to get me there. I've instead said that's the goal and whatever it takes is going to get me there with these conditions. So I had financial goals with time and family conditions on them. Um, yeah. So you have yeah. to adapt. I mean, one of the big things about success or anything you want to achieve, there has to be a level of adaptation. You have to be able to like, if you're too regimented and, and linear or myopic in your ideas, that's where you can also hit a lot of, you know, a lot of problems, right? You have to be able to adapt and kind of pivot where necessary. Yeah. Too many people, too many people just get stuck. Uh, I, I've done a lot of Tony Robbins and he talks about the same thing was change your approach, change your approach. Um, yeah. That's why you say that Tony Robbins is going to be on my podcast for the second time next week. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. super excited. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything that you could teach someone in a, in a, in a soundbite that would help them with some of this? For me, it's, I have a three, two, one rule. So if I'm going to do something, I don't, and I borrowed this from Tony is like, I don't let my body or my mind, it's, it's non-negotiable. If I've decided, you don't get to have a say in whether I do it or not. The other day I was at a trampoline park with my, my kid and my accomplishment for the year has been, I did a backflip. Uh, never done one before in my life. I'm 31. I've done forward flips when I was younger. And, I, and every time I go to the trampoline park, I always said, I should just ask those kids how to do a backflip. And then I get busy or I'm like, oh, no, I'm with my kids. And today I said, I keep doing this. I'm not going to let that excuse be there anymore. And so I just walked up to some of the kids that were there. I say kids, uh, but maybe in their 20s. And they're like running the show. And I'm like, can you show me how to backflip? And they look at me like, I don't know if I can show you to backflip. You know, you look a, a bit older than most people I show. And they said, well, can you, can you do a forward flip? I said, yeah, I haven't done one in a while. I showed them. And they said, oh, you could probably do it. And I said, just show me what to do, man, and I'll do it. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, you just got to keep practicing this. I did the, the thing they told me to do, like bounce on my back and flip. Did it a few times. And I'm like, cool, I'm ready to do it. Can, do you mind just standing there so I don't break my neck? Because I kind of, you know, want to run around with my kids for the rest of my life. And that's my only fear with this. And, the, and they're like, oh, well, I, can't, I can't help you. I said, no, no, just make sure I don't land on my head. So just push me or something like that so I don't land on my head. And he's like, oh, okay. And then I bounced a few times. I went three, two, one, and then I did it and I landed on my feet. And the guys went, holy shit, is this your first time? And I was like, yeah. And they go, well, that was awesome. Can you do it again? I was like, yeah. And I did like four times in a row, same thing, same fear because it's irrational. I'm going to go back because I'm going to kill myself. 
That's actually a rash, that is a rational fear. I'd be that's what I'd be scared of. I wouldn't want to. I'd, I'd be scared. I'd snap my neck too. The irony with a backflip for anyone who wants to to give it a go is um, it's dangerous when you don't actually do it. So what most people do is they they go to go backwards and then they tuck before they're actually backwards, and so you end up just going up and then landing on your head. So if you actually commit to, and this is, I think this is a great metaphor. If you actually commit to going backwards, you will, because you can't not, because as you go backwards, your legs will tuck, which will continue the momentum and you'll land. It's the people who go up and then crunch and they just land on their head. Uh, yeah. So it's like that hesitance, like you can't hesitate. It's like kind of like going all in or, or you can't the half-ass it. You can't half-ass half it. That's or a fear. Mm. Again, it's about that fear piece that you're just, you second guess yourself and you're and that fear is what holds you back. And then with that comes a lot of other potential complications. Well, you, right. Yeah. You, you question and then you don't follow through on the strategy. And so you don't get the full, you know, outcome of it. And then it confirms for you that you shouldn't have done it, but it's because you separated from the, the, the original intent. Elon, I think Elon Musk said it. He's like, this, I, I'm still anxious. I'm still fearful. I just do it anyway. Um, and I've tried to try to think as long as it's not like my categories are, this is not actually stupid. Like I'm not going to die statistically uh, so that I've logic my way out of it. I'm like, this is not actually stupid. So right, everything right. that I'm feeling can now be the stupid thing. So the fact yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not actually going to die because there's like kids that are doing this. Right? Yeah, but you know what they do say, not, not to only talk with the backflip, but it's easier for kids because A, they are, they, their bodies are much more okay with like doing things like a backflip that is kind of new for them. Their bodies are more elastic because they're lack the fear factor. They have, the chances are, are higher of like the not getting hurt. Someone who's older, whose body is already kind of like has a lot of different, you know, uh, injuries or fear or like they're not as nimble, they will be hurt. That's why that's why when people are young, they should be the one when you're a young, young kid. That's when you should learn how to ski or how to snowboard or how to skate. Right. Like or play hockey or any sport. Right. Because it's easier to, to learn and adapt and do that rep repetitive thing at a younger age, when you're old, you're not even old. If I did it, that'd be a whole other story, but it's easier when you're a kid, kid, you know, like four. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, not based on anything other than just pure belief, um, challenge you a bit on that. But what I'm going to say mainly for people listening is while that might be technically true, my philosophy is if you believe that beyond the actual point of truth and you start allowing that to overflow into everything else it becomes a story that just stops you from doing anything because everything well, of course I'm not young 100%. but yeah no i you know i i felt it afterwards because i had pushed myself a bit and i you know i don't exercise as much as as i should uh etc but, the, but you're the proud of for, yourself that you actually that's an accomplishment that yeah. feeling of accomplishment is so important for your overall confidence for you then attempting and trying all other kind of things that are fresh and new to you. To me, it's really important to constantly challenge yourself mentally too, right? Like, wow, I can do it. And mm. that's like, that helps. That's the best kind of motivation out there, right? Is that when you see yourself 
accomplishing something or is the best that's the best way to confidence to then try something new again right we, like that yeah. we said it before right knowing and doing are different and i know we're, we're harping on about backflips here everybody mm -hmm. uh well i am for me it was just a confirmation of i know that i can do whatever i put my head to right but can i because i keep being soft about doing a backflip and so then i just did it and i went no nope, yep i can and so for me it was it was while it was a minor thing uh, in, in actuality it was a confirmation of you know what yeah three two one works because my body and mind are going to try and negotiate with me i've eliminated all actual risks so everything else is just a story perception let's go right. and do it after that i then made a big business decision and i purchased some land for a dream house and a few things happened in succession that was like uh you know what actual risk is mitigated everything else is is in my head three two one we're gonna do it so if anybody's like listening and you got some fears three two one no negotiation go and do it and, and on the other side of it is is it sounds uh you know flaky but everything that you want because the the rush is wow i didn't have to negotiate with myself uh i just i just did it anyway jennifer i'm conscious of of time for you what are some habits that that you see in uh in yourself or successful people around you that that you think more people should be emulating if they're wanting to have more success more abundance more happiness more health the number one one that i think has helped me a lot is having some form of fitness, not about backflips again, but have, taking fitness seriously where you, you make that a non-negotiable. We talked about non-negotiable. You just mentioned non-negotiables. To me, exercise, exercising daily is a non-negotiable for me. What it does for your brain is cognitive abilities is, is bar none. So forget about the physical stuff that you get from it. But fitness for me has taught me goal setting, discipline, um, also like accomplishment, you know, you see yourself getting stronger. That's the best motivation to propel you to keep on going. What it does for your brain cognition and your overall energy, your focus, your being alert, all of these things are so instrumental and fundamental in, in everything else in life, right? So if you can, if you can really kind of create a habit a practice of whatever it is daily where you're exercising, what it does to your overall, your brain has such massive effects beyond, like I said, the physical, that that to me is the number one habit that I think everybody should do. And people say, oh, I don't have enough energy. Guess what? You get more energy from that workout than you would from doing nothing. I usually, when I'm not exercising, I'm much more lethargic. I'm much more unproductive. But when I, if I pack in that, that morning exercise routine before my really busy day, I go through that busy day. I power through it much more brain power. So, and I'm just, it's, it gives me more productivity. So, and I feel when you do something for yourself, but that's also good for yourself. To me, it's like a, a feeling of accomplishment, a feeling that you're taking care of yourself. You can't take care of anybody else or all the other things on your plate if you're not even looking after yourself well. So to me, that's the number one habit that everyone should be doing. And I'm not saying you have to like do crazy intense. I'm just saying, make it a habit. Like don't just not do it because you think you don't like it. Find something you like. You know, right now there's so many different ways to try different things. 
just it's all about trial and error. But to have that as part of your daily routine is it's so uh, important. Do you subscribe to, to the idea of find? Well, I think I think you kind of said it to be honest. Find the activity that would allow you to have the 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 exercise oh. and the movement, the fitness that you enjoy. Not just I'm going to go on the treadmill, but I just hate it, but I got to do it anyway. No, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's why people say all the time, what's the best thing to do, but the best exercise to do, I say the one that you're actually going to do, right? (laughs) So if I say running and you hate, hate running, then it's not going to, it's not going to stick. There'll be no traction with it. So the onus is on the other person to know, they, they know themselves more than I know them. So figuring out what works for you, right? If you like dancing, take it, you know, do a dance class, do, if you like weight training, do weight training. If you like Pilates, do, I don't care what it is but you have to move, move your body at least 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. I've written down some, some, uh, non-negotiables that, that I need to review in, in, in my own life. I've put down, uh, gratefulness, uh, consuming knowledge, uh, family, things like that. I think that establishing things as non-negotiables is important because of exactly what we said. It's too easy to negotiate with ourselves. I'll do it later. I'll do less today. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm this. And ironically, we create the habit of excuse, which prevents us from getting what we want. And we wonder why we don't end up where we want to be, feel how we want to feel, have what we want to have. It's because we've established habits that- Don't be upset by the results you did not get by the work you did not do, right? Do not be upset by the results you did not get if you did not put the work in. I mean, if you want to have a result, you need to put the work in. You need to you you need to work it, and you not just one once in a while. You have to be consistent. It's about doing it when you don't want to do it. It's about going when you don't want to go. It's about reading when you're not so crazy about reading. Like you have to continue working it. You got to be consistent with growing and doing it, even when it's tough. It's easy to do things when it's when it's easy, right? It's it's about doing it when you don't want to do it. Exactly. Exactly. I resonate with that so much. Yeah. I didn't go out on Friday nights. I stayed at home and learned skills that would solve problems that would progress my business or, or yes. anything I had. Um, and, and people miss that. It's like we said before, overnight success, 10 years of struggle in the making because you just saw the end, but you didn't see the rest of it. I want to ask you one last question. What's the most important thing you ever learned? Um, to ask for what you want. People don't even ask. So I learned that you get a lot, people are too shy. They don't, they're they're uncomfortable. They don't have the confidence. It's amazing what you get if you just ask for it, right? And it's not that complicated. It's a very simple thing. I'm not telling you um, anything that's so philosophical, but sometimes common sense isn't so common. And you need to have that extra reminder that sometimes the simple things that are right in front of you can change your life by starting with something as simple as the ask. 100%. Today's been uh, amazing. I, I've reconfirmed some things myself and, and, and learned things at a deeper level. And, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Where can our audience connect with you uh, and follow what you're doing? Uh, well, they can see me on Instagram at the real Jen Cohen, or they can uh, listen to my podcast called Habits and Hustle. Or they can check me out on my, I guess, my website. Do people even go on websites anymore? JenniferCohen.com. I don't know. Uh, I'm on TikTok. You know, all the regular places that people are. Amazing. Thank you so much. I've got a page of notes here. 
Um, I might upload these for people as well to, to use. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Everything shared will be in the description of the episode so you can go and grab that. Now, if you enjoyed the show and you want to listen to more, please subscribe because every week we're releasing new episodes with inspiring people, successful people, so you can level up your game. So subscribe and also leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback about the show and your thoughts and opinions there as well. Now, if you want to have more success, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your business, we run live trainings every single week where you can get access to me to coach you through everything from health, wealth, success, business, We're doing topics on all things that you need to live a better, more inspired and successful life. Live trainings every single week. Just visit jamesnielsenwatt.com forward slash live and you can get access to that now. There's also a ton of resources that you get for just listening to the show. All of that will be in the description. So if you are watching this on YouTube, check the description. If you're listening to this episode, check the description. We've got a load of resources there for you to have more success in your life, whether it's relationships, investing, or in business. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends because there's somebody else that needs to be hearing this, and maybe you're their opportunity to help them level up their game.